Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Welcome, Nancy McKay, here to the Uncomfortable Truth. Nancy, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Alan. Always a pleasure to uh, spend time with you and your amazing, inspiring community. Well, talk about communities. Nancy has a great one and a global one. Uh, she's the founder and CEO of McKay CEO Forums, which is the highest impact and least time intensive peer group for over 1,200 CEOs, executives, and business owners around the world. Her dream is to populate the world with inspiring leaders, and she founded McKay CEO Forums in 2005 after she saw firsthand the tremendous value of having CEOs come together and learn from each other and help each other with their issues and challenges. She's the host of the weekly McKay CEO Forum's Edge events with thousands of participants, business owners, CEOs from around the world. Her PhD is in business, and uh, she lives in British Columbia, loves to play squash, and over the past decade with her family, has traveled to 33 countries. And I think I've known her for about 40 years. But we, we met quite a while ago. We did two books together, and it's always my pleasure to be with her. So, Nancy, the topic is... Uh, leading edge thinking and innovation and, and the kind of calling that you've expressed uh, so wonderfully to inspire people to do better and better. And I met you when you came out of academia. Uh, you were a college professor. And, and so tell me about a little bit about the journey and how you put this together. Well, I was, uh, when we met Alan, you were doing a presentation at uh, the speakers, the National Speakers Convention, uh, your million dollar consulting college and I, uh, yes, I was a university professor and I had just quit my job and decided I wanted to become an entrepreneur and a solo practitioner consultant. And there you were talking about how you could do this as a solo practitioner, become a million dollar consultant. So totally changed my life forever once I uh, was inspired by you. And, and once I started to actually do a lot of work with CEOs, executives and business owners, I realized that it was so lonely at the top. And I thought, what if I actually bring people together because we all have the same issues and challenges, but it's hard to find the right people to actually talk to about how to solve some of these confidential issues. So that's how I started with Macasio Forms was first I was a solo practitioner consultant and then I decided, you know, they all have the same problems. Let's just bring them together so they can help each other solve their, their problems. I found as I create communities over the years that there's a tremendous value in connectedness, in bringing people together. Uh, even when you are not personally around, the fact that you've brought them together is important. Uh, have you seen that uh, your your members, your participants uh, keep in touch with each other on a regular basis as well? Well, we have two communities, as you know, Alan. We have our community of the 1,200 CEOs, executives, and business owners and we bring them together uh, many times a year through our various events that we have, breakfast events, our one-day summits, and obviously in their 14-person period. So we're always creating opportunities for CEOs to connect with each other, to help each other learn and grow and solve their problems. The second community we have in the KCO forums is our forum chair community. And they're all trusted advisors, CEO coaches, consultants, they have their own advisory practices, and we work with them on helping them build these peer groups so they could bring CEOs together. So those are the two communities that we bring together 
ongoing at least 12 times a year in person, many, many times through our virtual events, because my view is it's even lonelier at the top in today's world. And so anything we can do at Macasio Farms to bring people together so that they don't have to try to solve all their problems and or maximize their best opportunities, that's a big goal that we have. So after, what, 20 years or so of doing this, uh, it seems to me that that kind of success requires continued growth and growth requires continued innovation. Where do you get your ideas? Uh, how do you come up with your new approaches, not only to sustain the excellent membership you have, but to attract new people? This is actually August of 2022 is Innovation Month at McKay's <laughs> And so we're literally, we have done five hackathons. I'm not sure if you and your audience are familiar with hackathons or innovation sessions where we bring our members together and in a two-hour virtual hackathon innovation session, we get our members to tell us how might we continue to support them through higher impact learning experiences, through leveraging technology, by getting them more connected to each other. So they literally work in teams and then they pitch me as the CEO of Macasio Forums uh, so that I pick the ideas that are the ones that I think are gonna be, the ones that are gonna be the highest impact. And then with innovations, the whole idea is you act immediately, it's agile. It comes out of the technology sector, bringing it into other industries. So the idea is like the next day, as a CEO, I have to come up with and work with my team, which pitch I thought would be the highest impact, and we need to execute on it. So we've been doing hackathons with our members, and then also with our forum chairs that are the trusted advisors that support our members uh, to get their ideas. And this is a big month. We've never done a whole month of these hackathons, but you know the world has changed. We live in this unprecedented exponential change world. And my belief is if you're not innovating, if you're a CEO, you're not innovating, then you're not going to win going forward. And my experience has been the best way to innovate is get your customers and key stakeholders to tell you what they want and take action so you de-risk any of the investments you're going to make on the innovation. So it's a really exciting, high-impact way to, to innovate. Do you find when you do that that some things work better than others and occasionally you have to just throw something out? I've always found that uh, not being afraid of failure is important in innovation and being resilient and learning from it. But you, you can't try to protect yourself so that everything works. You, you find the same thing? Well, fail fast. It's exactly, again, that's a whole agile methodology. Is you take the idea, it's not perfect, you don't have full information, I'm not involving all 1,200 members, I'm involving 50 members, place the bet, execute, and if the results aren't happening and you're not getting the positive feedback, then you have to move on, let it go, and move on to the next idea. And literally, I now have, it's called an ideas log. After every one of these five sessions, there's a whole bunch of additional ideas that didn't get pitched for whatever reason, but we can go back to those ideas and work on those, implement them. Now, the biggest challenge, of course, anytime you try to innovate is getting people to accept the new ideas. It's a whole change management, speeding up the ability of our entire community to accept the change, adapt to the change. And uh, so that's the next phase of innovation is dealing with the, the resistance and, and how you get everyone to embrace 
that the new approaches that you're putting in place. You're based uh, in Canada and your your community is global. Do you find different receptivity uh, to innovation and to risk taking uh, culturally around the world or, or are people pretty much on the same track? My experience has been it's the the, the 20, 60, 20 rule that doesn't matter what kind of change, 20% of the people are going to be just instant. They're, they're, they're going to take it on and they're going to make it happen. There's 20% that are going to resist and be the naysayers. And then there's the 60% in the middle. And I haven't experienced different cultures responding differently. I just know that in today's world, we have to be able to shift that 20-60-20 rule, which has been going on for quite some time, uh, to one where it's you know 40 percent as the adapters and resilient and and we just need to continue to find new approaches to help people be as resilient as possible uh, so so we can speed up the change process if i'm not mistaken when you began the organization uh the meetings were in person and uh here we have the pandemic uh and the the meetings went virtual or i think you were probably doing it even before that but it would seem to me that the value you're providing actually became much more important as a result of the pandemic. And it's one of the, these things I've identified as, you know, things that happened during the pandemic that we've say, we say, whoa, we need to retain this. Uh, do you still have personal meetings or is it, you know, 90% virtual now? We have, it's a hybrid. We live in this hybrid world. So we have some groups the global groups are going to be virtual forever because they're global, they're people from all over the world, and they are just 14 person peer group, and they want to stay virtual or national or what have you. Then we have groups that are regionally based, and most of those groups have gone back to in person. But the best thing about the whole having to go virtual is the impact of hybrid. In the past, if someone was going to miss a meeting, they wouldn't even think about spending a whole day on Zoom or some type of phone participating. Uh, now, if someone's gonna have to miss the meeting, we can get almost 100% attendance at a meeting because we have our technology and other technologies where you can zoom in for the full meeting if you're, doesn't matter what country you're in. So we've experienced the benefit of, now that people have adapted to the new uh, online technology, we have greater attendance, greater participation. There's no reason why people have to miss any type of peer support throughout the year. I've always uh, looked in strange places for innovation, and one of the strange places is athletics. I know you're a squash player, for example, but if you look at Serena Williams in tennis, or you look at Tom Brady in football, just as an example, they've really made tremendous innovations to maintain their excellence over long periods of time. Now, I believe not long ago, you interviewed uh, Wayne Gretzky, didn't you? I did. So he's, he's a guy who skates to where the puck is going to be. Tell me about that experience. That was such an amazing experience. The best thing was when I was doing the prep session with him, and this was during COVID, he had his grandkids helping him adjust his Zoom uh, <laughs> volume and uh, video and have you because there was no in-home tech support. So he said, I have to have my grandkids with me, which was so beautiful. <laughs> he was very inspiring. You know, obviously he's a huge uh, inspiration and someone who continues to contribute to the community and sport and and uh, obviously in Canada in particular, we just love Wayne Gretzky. You choose these uh, chair people uh, to run the sessions with these executives. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, pressure on them. It's a very, very important and key position. And there are people who love that kind of thing and they take to it naturally. There are other people who get a little bit uptight about them, especially at first. 
What have you found to be the, the most important attributes of a chairperson in being successful in drawing uh, participants to these meetings and becoming members of this community? Well, passion is always more important than anything else. And so when I talk to potential chairs, I'm always talking to them, well, who do you love working with? Who do you want to serve? What's the impact you want to make in the world? And, and making sure that they really do enjoy working with CEOs, executives, and business owners. It's pressure cooker, there's high expectations. And so if you don't enjoy working with the types of people in our community, then being a forum chair isn't going to be very inspiring. The other thing, as you know, we wrote the book, The Modern Trusted Advisor, which I'm excited to be promoting at our October 6th Edge Summit, uh, because again, the world has changed. And so trusted advisors, if they're not keeping up with what are all the things they need to be doing to innovate so that they're understanding, they're current, they're relevant, they know what's keeping people awake at night in the business community, uh, they're also going to become irrelevant. And so the, the whole idea is having a growth mindset as a trusted advisor. And that's a really critical success factor for our forum chairs. We're constantly working with them on how do we develop ourselves. And I, of course, am still a chair of a group that I started 17 years ago. How do we develop ourselves so we continue to be relevant and high impact when we do bring the CEOs together? So having started this way back then and still being chair of a group after all this time, even though you've founded the place of the CEO, how do you maintain your energy? How do you maintain, because you're one of the most uh, positive, energetic people I know. You know, you, you have a great sense of humor. You're always looking to do something new. How do you maintain your passion and, and, and your energy level? Well, thanks, Alan. I think one of the things that uh, you helped me overcome is before I became a chair, and decided to, I had a greater calling to build the Casio Forums. I'm the accidental CEO, it wasn't my plan. I was going to continue to be a solar practitioner consultant. Anyhow, one of the things was boredom. I, you know, I was one of these people where I just thought to myself, how am I gonna to continue to energize myself and stay passionate? Like, what could I possibly do? Well, I can honestly say that after 17 years of being a chair, there's so much learning every time I get to spend a day with 14 CEOs it's just being able to keep up with what are all the things going on and what's the disruption happening in all the industries and what's the new technology. And so it's just such a huge learning and growth opportunity for me every meeting, every time. I never get bored. And I feel like there's so much uh, caring and support. We help people with business, family, and personal. So you're actually in the room and you get to be you as a real person and you get to create the space for other people to park their egos and just really be human beings together is so inspiring. So I think that's that's the big thing for me is just such an honor and privilege to, to be on the journey with CEOs in today's world. I tell people that disruption and volatility and turmoil and so forth uh, can be offensive weapons in the sense that you can use them to dominate your market. You shouldn't be hiding from them and be scared of them. Uh, what have you seen or do you foresee um, major changes, uh, because I, my feeling is there is no return to normal. There is no new normal. Normal means adequate. It means, means typical. It wants to be typical. Uh, and I've even trademarked the phrase no normal, but I do think there are new realities. What do you see out there as some sort of sea changes, uh, in the business, uh, in the business, uh, organizations that you deal with? I think one of the big 
well, at least this is what I am going to challenge the, the CEOs attending our, our big Ed summit on October 6th, where we have 400 of them all coming together. I'm going to talk about game changers because I think that if you're a CEO today in today's world, or you're a trusted advisor, and you don't surround yourself with people who have been there and done that before, that have a proven, successful roadmap, then you're not going to win. And I think the past, it was okay where you might say, well, I need to hire a trusted advisor to help me with this. Or, well, maybe I should put a board in place with people that might be able to help me. The shift in mindset that really needs to occur in the world is you need to be looking for game changers. Like you were a game changer for me when I decided I was going to become a solo practitioner. You had this proven roadmap to million dollar consulting. I didn't even know that that existed until I met you. Like when you think about when, if you're looking for game changers, and I wasn't necessarily at the time, but that then I realized, you know what? If I continue in my life and look for people who have a proven success, you're almost guaranteed to be successful. You find a way to get those people on the board. You find game changers to be your CEO coach. You find game changers to be in your peer group with you. You're going to win. It's no longer this incremental, you know, maybe I can get some people to help. No, it's like, who's a rock star in my industry that I need to get on my board? That's going to really help make sure that I can deal with this disruption. Uh, that's a mindset shift, I believe, that needs to occur in today's world. Well, that's really a healthy kind of psychology because it requires that the individual not be threatened by people who are really bright and fast and successful. It requires that you say, hey, look, I can improve. Bring it on. I want to learn how to do this. And I've always felt that the people who um, really are great leaders uh, share two traits. One is vulnerability in that they allow themselves to admit defeat. They allow themselves to ask for help. They don't try to protect their reputation all the time. Um, and the other is that um, they're, they're generous. Uh, they give. And so when other people need help, they freely give it uh, because they're, they're not afraid to do so. And I think that's very consistent with what you just talked about. Well, and I think that when I think about it today, if you're a CEO in today's world and you don't have an advisory board with game changers, like people that literally been there and done that before in your head, if you are a CEO and you don't have some type of a CEO coach or mentor or external person helping you keep your head straight, really helping you let go of old leadership practices and be the best version of yourself, and if you don't surround yourself with peers to help you on the journey, I just, I just don't see how you're going to win. And there are so many people out there, Alan, it's heartbreaking for me to see so many that don't have people, game changers, help them. That's kind of like you're stuck in the past thinking you don't need anybody else. Like you, you figured it out up until now. No, actually, you're not going to figure it out going forward. There's too much disruption. It's just moving too fast. And really, the way to win is yeah, get the game, the game changers to be helping you. Don't try to suck it up and do it yourself. So what's the biggest challenge for you in the future? What, what's, the, what's the thing that you would like to work on the most or conquer or improve the best? Uh, what are you looking at? Well, it's this whole idea of innovation. When, when I first started the Casio Forum 17 years ago, we were a disruptor in the industry. 
And we came in and our competitors have been around for 50 years and we were the new player. We created market share. Uh, yes, we stole market share, but not really intentionally. It just, we came in, we were uh, least time intensive, highest impact, the most diverse peer group, and that's who we were. Going forward, I believe we need to have another disruption in the peer group industry. We need to, again, have higher impact peer support. We need to find new ways leveraging technology to get people connected with game changers. We need to find new ways to inspire trusted advisors to show up as modern trusted advisors and to be relevant and to let go of whatever they've been doing in the past because it's not going to work going forward for CEOs. This is the biggest challenge is how do we continue to become a disruptor because the world needs more peer support and we can't keep doing things the same way. Nancy is the finest person I know in doing this for 30 years of gaining referrals for her business. She is absolutely ferocious at getting referrals. And I remember once when we were coaching together, she said to me, Alan, I need to get better at referrals. What should I do? And I said, Nancy, you're the best I know. She said, it doesn't mean I can't do better. And that's been her spirit all along. Nancy, if people want to know about McKay CEO forums and, and want to get more information from you and from the organization, uh, how should they get in touch? Well, they can either reach out to me directly at Nancy at McKayCEOforums.com. That's M-A-C-K-A-Y. Or they can go to our website, McKayCEOforums.com. Those are the two best ways. Okay. And in the show notes, you'll also see a link to Nancy's site. I want to thank you very much for being here, Nancy. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for inviting me and uh, for everything you've done to support me personally and to our, our McKayCEOforums community. Thanks so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.